In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. Hope everybody's having a beautiful day. Hope the sun is shining. Hope the birds are singing. I hope they're singing for you out there. Hope the sun is beaming down on you and the wind is at your back. Got a quick podcast for you today. Today, we're going to figure out 10 things that can help induce a mystical experience. You know what I mean by that? It's when you have one foot in one world and one foot in the other world. We're going to talk about 10 ways that happens. Sometimes it's that feeling of transcendence. It's that weird sort of state where you can see yourself as a third person. And there's a few ways throughout history that people have found themselves in these states. Number 10 is isolation. A lot of the times we as human beings find ourselves isolated. And what that does to us is it allows us to be free of distractions. A lot of times you'll hear people talk about being in isolation tanks. In those isolation tanks, it almost simulates like what it's like to be in the womb. So you're surrounded. There's no lights on. You're floating. But the same sort of isolation can happen in a prison camp, the same sort of isolation you can do for yourself in a dark room with no lights on and no music playing. It's an interesting way to, in, to induce a mystical state. So isolation is one way where when we cut off all of the sort of distractions, when we cut off all the sensory information coming into us, it allows us time to think. It allows us time to contemplate. And quite often, that particular feeling can create a mystical state. It can be a sort of presence. You can feel a presence. You can hear a presence. But mostly, you get to hear yourself think for the first time when you cut off all the distractions. Number nine, creative expression. Creative expression is another way in which we find ourselves entering these mystical states. I've spoken to lots of people who have been writers or artists. And I'm sure that if you're listening to this, perhaps you're an artist or you're a writer or you know someone that is. If you are a writer or an artist, I'm sure that at times you felt that the 
power when creating something. It's almost as if something is working through you. That happens a lot when I speak to different authors. They always tell me, George, when I wrote this book, it was as if something was writing through me. And we've all, I think a lot of us, maybe not all of us, but I think a large portion of us have had that experience before. It's a sort of weird type of energy flow. Some people call it the flow state when you're just moving through effortlessly, creating things that are beautiful. Sometimes the stream of consciousness, when we're telling stories or when we're in that particular state, that can also be a mystical state. Number eight, yoga and breath work. Quite often, you'll hear people talking about their yoga practices. Sometimes you'll hear them talk about breath work. A common figure who speaks lots about breath work is the, is the gentleman that goes by the name of Wim Hof. He's been able to use different breathing techniques to climb up some of the largest mountains in the world in a pair of shorts. So what he's been able to demonstrate is that through breath work alone, you can control not only your emotions, but the physical nature of your body. Imagine climbing Mount Everest in a pair of shorts. It seems ridiculous, right? But he's done it. Wim Hof has also dove into icy cold lakes for and held his breath for ridiculous amounts of time. He's definitely worth checking out if you haven't heard of him before. Wim Hof, he does a certain type of breath work that allows you to fill your body with oxygen. He even believes that at times he's able to cure himself of different sorts of disease and maladies. So breath work is definitely something that you can do to enter a mystical state. Number seven, intense emotional experiences. So just think for a moment. Strong emotions like love or grief, they can lead to profound insights. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. If you're a younger person, you may not have had the luxury or horror of falling into your first love. And I say those kind of tongue in cheek because it can be a beautiful experience and it often is. But in our first experience of love, a lot of times what happens is we don't understand what the other person may not like us. That's where you start to see obsession begin to sink in or you see some jealousy for the first time and you don't know how to handle it. And it can become a, a really tricky experience. So love is one way. Love is a very strong powerful way to enter an emotional or mystical state. Another emotional experience could be death. A lot of times when we're close to someone, sometimes even a pet, but more often a loved family member sitting by their side when they're taking their last breath, we feel as if we, our part of us is dying. Anyone who's ever been to a funeral can tell you about the sort of weight, weighty black feeling that weighs on you. Maybe it's because everyone's wearing black or maybe because the word death seems so heavy, but it definitely seems to carry with it a lot of weight. Maybe that's someone leaving the world or whatever it is or however you want to describe it. It's definitely another way in which people find themselves entering these mystical states. Number six, nature. Nature is one of the most beautiful ways you can find yourself entering a mystical state. I've often said that perhaps better than any sort of Ivy League school or any school at all is learning by the foot of a waterfall or laying on a battered coastline or going for a walk after a storm or on a clear sunny day. There is so much 
that can be revealed to you when you find yourself not only in the natural process, but in nature alone. I've often had some of my greatest insights where I've been on a walk and just thinking clear and looking out and noticing that the same patterns that happen out in my garden are also happening inside my life. I'll give you an example of that. And I think most gardeners know this, but if you just take time to go out in your garden and you watch how the plant grows, think about a flowering vine that somehow knows that it should climb up the tree and begin to bloom on August 8th at 4.27 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. The same way that that flowering vine knows when to open at the optimum time, so too does that voice in your heart or that voice in your head know what's right for you. So think about that when you find that voice calling to you or your heart opening up to you. Think of that flowering vine and that will help you understand the mystical state that you're in. I think it's also something that you can be constantly reminded of when you find yourself in nature, which is a great way to enter mystical states. Number six is near-death experiences. We've covered this one a little bit, but unlike the actual death experience where you're at a funeral, this one is a near-death experience that you yourself have. Maybe you've been in a car ride before, and all of a sudden someone pumps the brakes and time slows down. Every, your eyes dilate and everything gets bigger around you. Maybe you've been held at gunpoint before. Maybe you were in the service and someone actually tried to kill you. Maybe something happened where you were taking a bath and someone was going to throw in a toaster. Okay, pretty sure that wouldn't happen. But maybe it did to you. Either way, a near-death experience is something that can really change the way you see the world. And it's that near-death experience that is synonymous or is a mystical state. Anytime you can see reality in a different way, I think is fitting for a mystical state. And a near-death experience can definitely do that for you. Number four, rituals and ceremonies. Now, this is something that a lot of us have. If you live in the West, you probably are devoid on some level of the rituals and ceremonies. If you look to different cultures, be it in South America or the Far East, you see these ideas that, you know, there's all kinds of ceremonies that happen. When we look back to ancient Greece, we see the rites of Eleusis. We see people coming of age. We see the passing away and the ceremonies that happen there. But in the West Coast, you can hear echoes of them, like in a quinceanera or a bar mitzvah or a prom date. These are some sort of strange vibrations that are left over from rites of passage. I'm not saying that all cultures in the in the West don't have rites of passage, but it does seem to me that they have been devoid for quite some time. However, that being said, the beauty and the mystical state of the rite of passage comes from understanding that while you're in that moment, you're sharing the exact same time as someone who's been through that moment before. I'm going to say it again because I think it takes a moment to thoroughly understand this exact process. I'll give you an example using a wedding. Let's say that you are married at the same church or a church that your parents were married at and your grandfathers were married at. Maybe they weren't, maybe they weren't married at a church, but maybe they were married in the eyes of God somewhere. At that point in time, when you are walking down the aisle or you stand in front of a servant of God or Maybe you stand in front of the sun. Whatever sort of symbolic you're stand, symbol you're standing in front of, at that point in time, everybody else 
in your tradition who's been married has stood in that same point. So at some on some level, you're sharing that time with them. If you're married and you ask somebody else about when they got married, then you will definitely begin to hear similarities in the stories that happen. Perhaps they kiss the bride, perhaps they lift the veil for the first time, or maybe the father walks the, the bride down the aisle. But these are all ways that are mystical because they are they are sharing the same amount of time. It's something like a sacred time versus a profane time, which is like getting up and not really paying attention, maybe getting lost in a TikTok video or a YouTube video. Number three, deep prayer. This is a different way of, that kind of combines, I would say, almost isolation and nature together. To me, deep prayer is a way in which we make a conscious decision to block out all of the surrounding distractions. And it can be done. Think about a narrow changing of focus. A lot of times this happens when you're in a heightened state of awareness, when your adrenaline's going. But I think prayer does this as well. Prayer is a way in which we can hyper-focus the very things that are important to us. If you think about the contents of prayer, a lot of the times in prayer, people are hoping, they are wishing, and they're hoping for a positive outcome. But in hoping and in wishing and in speaking those words out loud or in your mind, what you're doing is creating a conscious pattern of how you want your life to move forward in. And when you do that, I believe whether you say it out loud, I think you probably should say it out loud. I think there's something to be said about saying the words and giving them their own space. But if you just repeat it in your mind on multiple times, however you want to pray, I think that the powers of prayer are real. And one of the best ways to get into a mystical state, the people that pray more often seem to be more focused and they seem to find their way to the goals and to the outcomes that they want. Prayer may not give you the exact roadmap to do it, but it will definitely give you the courage and the ability to keep moving forward when times get tough. And I think that that is a mystical state in itself. Number two is meditation. Similar to prayer, meditation is a way in which we find a way to get in touch with our authentic self. I know that sounds like a mouthful of words, and you're probably thinking to yourself, authentic self, George, what are you talking about? I'm my authentic self every day. My question to you is, are you, are you really your authentic self? Or are you someone who has so many people around you that care about you and love you and all their needs are put upon you that you're so busy doing things for other people? You're so busy going to work, making money for somebody else so that you can provide for your own family. That's something we all do and we all get caught up in. However, I think if you take time to meditate, you take time to pray or enter any one of these nine different mystical states, I think that you will find a way to get in touch with your authentic self. And I don't think that your authentic self is someone that wants to make everyone around them less. Does that kind of make sense? I think if you want to be your authentic self, then you are someone who gives benefit to everybody else, even when it's challenging. What I mean by that, if I can clarify for just a moment, is that being authentic means standing up for what you believe in, regardless if it's right or wrong. If you believe it, 
then you should have the courage to go out and act out in that way. I'm not saying go out and do something horrible. Hopefully you don't believe horrible things. But the truth is we all kind of believe some horrible things from time to time. And the only way you're going to get better is if you be your authentic self. And sometimes you get slapped down. Sometimes you realize that the authentic self that you strove to be is kind of a dummy. I know because I've done it plenty of times, but it's a blessing because what happens is you realize, hey, maybe I'm not a dummy. Maybe I just made a mistake. But because you had the courage to be authentic about what you really feel, then someone else had the courage to help you find a better way. And I think the only way that you be that you find a better way is to live an authentic way, if that kind of makes sense. And now, number one, the number one way, at least for me, to enter a mystical state. I bet you nobody can guess this. Boom, psychedelics. Now, these are not for everybody. If you find yourself with a family history of mental conditions, you might already be on psychedelics. But the truth is, anybody before taking this step should definitely consult a doctor, do your own research. But now that I put that disclaimer out of the way, I believe that the psychedelic experience is hands down the best way to find your not only authentic self, but to be in a mystical state. A mystical state provided by psychedelics can mean many things. It can mean seeing yourself in another dimension. It can mean seeing yourself in the third person. It can mean seeing yourself outside of time. It can mean seeing yourself in slow motion, or it can mean seeing yourself in the future speeded up at a million miles an hour. A psychedelic experience is a way in which all of us Okay, maybe not all of us, but a psychedelic experience is a way in which an individual can have the opportunity to see things they've never seen before, or maybe the way they haven't seen things in a long time. One of my particular ideas or one of my theories on the reason why psychedelics provide such a beautiful, natural, vibrant, and amazing state of mind is that I think for the first time in a long time, when you're on psychedelics, you are free from the mental conditioning. I think it was Bob Marley who said something along the lines of, free yourself from mental slavery, for none but themselves can free their minds. And I think that that's what a high dose of psychedelics do, is they free you from this mental slavery. And let me be clear when I say mental slavery. What I'm talking about is the condition that you've been in since you've begun to learn the language. Language is a way of conditioning us to see things the way society wants us to see it. When you think about the alphabet, you think about the way you were taught A, B, C, D, E, F, but you're taught this, this interesting pattern of saying words that help you remember this thing. What you're really doing is making connections in your brain. What you're really doing is finding a way to see the world in a pattern. That's not even your pattern. It's a pattern that society has given to you to help you become an effective part of the bigger pattern. And it's effective, it works, but it's kind of bullshit in a lot of ways because it keeps you from being your authentic self. When you find yourself in a nice, neat pattern, you no longer have these sharp edges. You no longer have these, these intricate little things about you that make you different than everybody else. And so when, I, when you take psychedelics, I think it frees you from that mental conditioning. It frees you from other people's definitions of what the world is. And for the first time in however many years old you are, you are 
regaining the ability to define not only the world around you, but to define what is possible in your life, in your family's life, in your dreams, in your passions. And this is the main reason why I think entering the mystical state is something people should focus on. And it doesn't matter if you use rites and rituals, near-death experiences, psychedelic substances, meditation, isolation, nature, yoga, creative experiences, surrender, or selflessness. These are all ways to do it. And if I could impress upon you, not that I'm trying to impress you, but I am trying to impress upon you that the world around you is not only more beautiful than you imagine, it's more beautiful than you can imagine. And so are you. I hope you choose to embrace the authenticity that is you because you're beautiful and the world needs you to be the best version of yourself. That's all I got for today. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you love yourself as much as I love you. That's all I got. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.